follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. I just won this fancy championship belt by count out, even though that wasn't <laughs> part of the rules. <laughs> Wonderful. I oh. believe I just walked up to Sasha Banks. I said, finders keepers and walked away with it. And I am now the champion. Ah, well, if that's the way the rules are going, then that's what we'll go with. At least until Vince changes his mind, I guess. You know what I love? Like, you can't even win the 24-7 title that way. You at least have to <laughs> pin someone in some contrived fashion. It can literally be, as, as R-Truth has shown us, It can you can be just putting your hands gently on someone's shoulders as they're sleeping on a plane, <laughs> and a ref can count three, and you can win the title that way. Yep. But you at least need to pin someone. But apparently not if you want to be the women's champion. I think um I think the iron medal weight championship, you still have to pin someone. And you don't even have to be alive. You just have to pin someone for a three count. True, you do not have to be an actual uh living, breathing organism. Yes. You don't even have to be an animate object. No. Correct. You can be a ladder because a ladder be an, was a multi-time can, champion and got be a an anim- ceremony. An inanimate carbon rod. Oh well, you can you can actually be the championship belt because the belt did win itself. That's you true. Could be the belt itself. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. Um, <laughs> I guess you can tell what kind of mood we're all in tonight. We want to say thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you listening in with us this evening so we're going to get our shout outs out there the first one is going to be to collar and elbow the wrestling brand collar and elbow brand.com use the promo code four corners podcast that's the number four capital c and corners capital p and podcast no spaces save 10 percent off your order i actually just got a collar and elbow shirt uh earlier this week i got the um the Coca-Cola style emblem one, which my wife has already told me she's sick of hearing me go, always call her elbow. But it is just intensely comfortable. I was sad after I wore it one day because that means that I would have to wash it before I wore it again. That's how comfortable the thing was. And for our other shout out, I'm going to throw that over to Matt. Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, again, Orlando Cologne is a free agent, so he he's willing to take bookings. Um, hopefully, uh, there's more bookings, even with Corona going on. There, I know that there are, the indie scene is trying to uh, 
to bounce back a little. We're seeing some like game changer wrestling stuff going yeah, out there. I need to watch so. that stuff um, because supposedly the Janela Rush match is good. I um I purchased the there was two shows this weekend Saturday and Sunday um, and I purchased those but I've not had a chance to watch those. Um, but I am excited because I've heard good things. Yeah, I saw it's... a clip from it. I wasn't exactly tickled with that, but oh, uh, there's yeah, there's some crazy bumps. I and mean, dives. it's this is it. I have a tough time with GCW because it is well done and they there's a lot of creativity to their shows, but I'm not like a death match guy, so <sighs> it's it's kind of a love hate relationship because I appreciate like the booking, like they do have some characters in there, and um. They really do, like, throw some weird stuff at you, and they're not afraid to get weird, but I don't like the Deathmatch stuff. Yeah. Uh, Deathmatch is very much not my thing. All right. So, um, this evening, you know, we'd, uh, <laughs> we've been running pretty hard with some, I thought, was some really good content this past month. I've been really happy with how it's turned out. Uh, tonight, we decided we were going to kind of Point our sails in a different direction, which means what happens tonight, Brad? The bag of holding. holding. The bag of holding. So. (laughs) Which I actually moved room, so I I lost the bag um, (laughs) in the move. So I'll find that at some point. I might have packed it up and it might be downstairs. Um, But yeah, I can't find it. So. <laughs> so do you just have an array of questions that we're going to dive through tonight, I guess? Yeah, I just have an array of questions. All right, fair um, enough. The first question we might actually spend the whole episode on, so we might not actually get to the secondary question. <laughs> well, hit us with that first question. Let's get started. Because I, I actually broke the rules for how we do this, which is cold asking questions of us, because I, I gave them heads up because I thought this would require kind of some level of reflection on our part because it's a bit of a loaded question and Matt kind of said that when I told them like mm-hmm. this is a bit of a loaded question which I agree with um, so the, the first question is uh, and it could be what the shoe is what could the WWE what would well, let's um let's word this properly what would the WWE have to do to get you back as a We'll, we'll go a little lower level, a semi-regular viewer, which probably means that you watch <laughs> Raw or SmackDown, let's say, half the time. Who wants to take this uh, crap show on first? Well, let's um, let's be honest here. Before, first, before we start throwing out hypotheticals, who here would say, like, I, I'm going to just straight out say, like, I don't think at this point they could do anything to make me trust them enough to ever invest in their product more than a glance here and there ever again. And they, they just, and for starters, they would have to cut way back on programming to ever get me back. I guess it's not really a, I guess it's kind of telling that we're a, a mostly wrestling theme podcast and we're basically <laughs> admitting we're not watching the WWE programming regularly. Like I will, I will try. I will. I'll keep up with what's happening, and I will uh, sort of endeavor to kind of watch the pay-per-views. But 
even that's kind of fallen by the wayside a lot. We tried There's... for like we tried for like yeah. the first year and a half of this show to actually review the pay-per-views and we just couldn't do it anymore. It's it's tough because um well, you know, as you get older life gets a little more complicated, but the other thing that I'm I'm running into with this is they they keep um keep basically pissing me off and it's 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 frustrating as much as I don't want to give credit to CM Punk cuz I cuz we've covered that in the past but his the, the I think he said it to Kevin Owens was the um they, something to the effect of, you know, well, how is it working there? And he said, everything here could always be better. And it, it drives me crazy to have so much potential with people they have on their roster. Like, there are there are people there that have, you know, fantastic ideas and are great workers and are so capable and they're what they try and do ends up just kind of getting, you know, pissed away like tears in the rain. Because um, you know, come on, you expect me to give a wet, hot fart about, you know, the an eye for an eye match, which I know full. There's there's no level of believability that could be attached to that at all. Like no, I'm not. It's not. It's not. Can I add? uh, Sorry to cut you off, Brad. Let me just add. Let me just add one small. Just in that in particular, I was because I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, I know none of this is real, and you can have way more contrived, simplistic reasons for turning someone. So I imagine at some point Seth's going to be a face again, and we're all supposed to you know clap and cheer for him. But if you want to at least. Sus- try and suspend disbelief just for a second and take it seriously. It's like, how how is Seth Rollins ever going to be a face again? He literally... <laughs> he, he maimed a human being by removing their eye out. But, I don't know. I guess we're we're in a world where, you know, Wait, you know Kane what, you know, occasionally gets cheered even though he's literally set people on fire. You know, what, you, know what, you know what pisses me off about Seth Rollins, though? And the whole eye for an eye thing? Mm-hmm. Is... He did that, and he's he's a little bitch because he puked like a little bitch. He doesn't even have the he doesn't even have the strength of character to stand by what he did. Yeah, yeah, but, which yeah, you know I what? Like so... at least at least Kane, when Kane set someone on fire, he's like why'd you set them on fire? And Kane just be like, I don't know, motherfucker pissed me off. Like okay, uh, I don't agree with you, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, they like, do. like I got Kane. supernatural powers. Like you want to be on fire? Like nope. Like I'm good. Kane, what did you do? Why did you do that to him? Be like, felt like it. That's what I'm going to do. And then it, it's, but you know, like you said, they didn't even have Rollins commit to the the conviction of it. It was just, you know, he he chumped out. And um, yeah, because like the, I don't, I, it didn't come up a lot when people were reviewing it. But like the puking thing to me just is like. Like, okay, well, the match was stupid, but your heel looks like a fucking geek because he 
he can't even like deal with what he did like I, it's just like why am I gonna take him seriously like why do I want to boo him like he's just a little pussy the way that I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to look at it uh, in in another way just for the sake of, of, of you know for the sake of discussion but I am looking at this as a you know it, it undermines the the gravity of what it is because why did Ray do this is because Seth hurt him right so Ray challenged him Ray's the one that challenged him to this if Seth didn't want to do it then he could have been like you know Ray what what in the world's wrong with you why do you want to have this kind of match you know it's are you know, what are you sick and and you could have that sort of um, you could play out that sort of storyline where, you know, Ray is is screwing with him because he knows that Seth won't go through with something like that. But instead, we have this bit where we get the finish, and it it makes Seth Rollins vomit, and under it it, it undercuts the entire match because then it's like. That's like an admission of we never should have done this in the first place. So why did you? And, like, if you read the Raw results now, like, especially now that Bruce took over, you can tell it's booked by someone that hasn't paid attention to actual wrestling for, like, six years. Uh, you know what? I'm not even watching it with that critical of an eye. The, like uh, their, their big idea to save the ratings plunge from a couple weeks ago was Randy Orton versus The Big Show. In 2020. I like show. I, I, I really, I, honestly, non-ironically, I do like show. But that's, that is not where his, his place on the card is anymore. I, I like, I like Big Show a lot. I think he is an underrated talent in the ring. He's done some funny stuff at, at shows I've been to and people have hassled him. And, like, stuff that wasn't on script. Like, we went to an NXT show and he wrestled. Oh, who did he wrestle? I don't remember who he wrestled now. I think it was Ryback. And the fan was, the fans were giving it to him and he got on the house mic and he's like, you know what, guys? Like, I'm signed for another 10 years. <laughs> and then he just... Deal with played, it. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it was great because it was like a rare kind of like off-the-cuff moment. So I, I love the guy. With that said, I don't want to see Big Show on my TV wrestling anymore. Like, I won't turn it off as he's on, if he's on, but if you say, oh, Big Show's going to wrestle with Randy Orton of all people, it's, that doesn't interest me. It's like, well, one, I'm not going to watch because of Randy Orton, but two, like... The last thing Big Show did that I was interested in was that match he did with Braun Strowman that was fantastic that really got Braun over, but like I haven't given a crap since then. It's like it's like why don't you go dust off Kane, like corporate Kane because yeah, that that you know, I really want to see that again. <laughs> I I to go back to your base question, what would it take? get me back on a semi-regular basis as a regular viewer number one 
you got to let the you got to let the guys handle their own stuff. You they have got to quit handing people scripts that are written for them. It, you got to like just 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 stop because you've got to be a rare talent in order to be able to pull that off well. You know, and like Joe can do it. Like there's not a whole lot of guys that can do that because that's not what you do anywhere else. Um, well, look at how just the, for comparisons, because it's a promotion I actually watch that Eddie Kingston co that Eddie Kingston, Cody thing, mm-hmm. like the promos Kingston cut before and after is better than anything I've seen on WWE TV in years. A very yeah. long time. Yeah. And that was, that was Eddie getting on the mic and doing some stuff. Like, and, and some of it was just like simple stuff. Where he's like, Hey, you grew up around all these legends. You know what I grew up around? I grew up around junkies. I grew up around alcoholics and crime. Yeah. Like, it, don't it, talk to me about grinding. Like it was so yeah. much better just because it was off the cuff. Well, I mean, in fairness, Eddie Kingston is just, he's on like another level in terms of his promo skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he he can go up there and, and cut a promo against Cody where it's like, I had to sell my wrestling boots last month to pay rent. You know, and you have all this, you know, wealth and privilege. Like he, it's coming from like a really real place. But it does highlight the point where it's like that, it felt organic, it felt real, it felt that there was some real like, like gravitas to it where I could now compare that to the WWE where everything has been scripted by writers who don't understand wrestling. Yeah. Who are at best like sitcom writers like they're, which isn't even like good, like drama. Like there's <laughs> no drama with like no. sitcoms. And then all that, even all that has to be run by Vince who has always had incredibly like esoteric tastes and humor and I feel like that's gotten worse over years. I think over the so, years. Yeah. Well, and Vince doesn't watch anything else. So there's the other thing that they would have to uh, let the workers handle their own stuff. The other thing they would have to do to get me to get me back on a more regular basis is pay attention to what's getting reactions and strike when the iron is hot. Don't. Don't don't like be like, oh, this guy was getting a reaction. And then six months later, give him a push after you've cooled him off. Wait, For God's you sake, don't, you don't like the Keith Lee uh, model of success. Well, it they've been doing that crap for a long time. And it's just so it's so frustrating because they could they could just be making so much more money than they are. If they would just be like, hey, this guy's getting over. Let's do something with it now instead of being like, well, okay, whenever whenever we get done with what we're doing now. It's like what you're doing now, you didn't put enough thought into for it to take precedent. Just just take the guy who's flipping, who's, you know, popping the crowd now. He's doing something right and let him go. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. But we don't get that. Everything is so in such a control freak state that you know it's it like you were saying it's it's sterilized and boring and uninteresting. 
I I ran into that with WWE stands like when Braun got really super hot and they mm-hmm. wouldn't put the title on him and they started like jobbing him in bad situations. And their argument was always like, well, he can't just murder people forever. And I'm like, no, he can't. But if people enjoy that for six months and they get tired of it, that's six months of money you made that you weren't going to make before. Like yeah. when, when his six months are done, you move him down the card and maybe something else got interesting or then or you just go back to what you're doing. But just because it has a shelf life doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like that's a problem. The Goldberg thing ran, ran into is like, just do it until people are sick of it. Do it when people stop reacting to it or when your ratings go down or when you start making less money, like, and then mm-hmm. go on to the next thing. Like just because it'll only last for four to six months doesn't mean that that's bad. They Even don't... the Goldberg, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, even the Goldberg thing didn't stay as the, like, he just, you know, they had, what, six months of he just plows over people. And then it evolved into, is this the guy that can beat him? Is this the guy that can stop him? And so the story went from this guy came out of nowhere and he just runs all over people to, okay, now who's the one that can stop the train? Is it this guy? And we tell the story. Could it, it could be this guy. Why could it be this guy? Because X, Y, Z, you know, because he's the booker because diamond cutter because, you know, yeah, because he's the booker. Um, but you can just have the story evolve. And now instead of people just being like, oh, it's cool that he does that, they're infested and they want to see what happens next. And it's not just the attraction of be like, oh, I wonder if, if you know. If Goldberg's, you know, bulldozing anyone tonight, it's like, oh, man, did you see they're putting Goldberg out there with, you know, wrath and we're going to or whoever at the, you know, and and we might see something. Oh, man, you know, that could be really cool. And so it's not just the same thing all the time. It's now we have, you know, the story has evolved and you do different stuff with it and you keep making money with it. I'll shut up, Matt. Go ahead. Well, the point I was going to make a second ago is like not only do they not, if a guy is getting hot, if not only do they not capitalize, they, they, there's two like big problems. Like they don't capitalize on that, which is that's like a whole like side part. I don't know, Brad, if your your overarching question at, involved the discussion of NXT or if that's like a different question in the bag. No, we can we can put that in because I feel like I feel like um. I feel like a subplot of our podcast has been you and I falling out of love with NXT over yeah. well, let me, a two and let a me, half year period. Okay, then let me get to that in a second. But um, the one thing that they do, which it's, it's two different things. The first thing that they do, though, is that if and they, this is going back like at least 10 years, whenever like Zack Ryder got over doing YouTube stuff, they, oh, will, yeah. act, they will actively punish someone. If they they get themselves over when it's not in the plans, yeah, uh, because it, I mean, Can I don't they think do it's quite to MVP as, too. I think so. It's it's not. I don't think it's as bad as it was before because I think that they've they have now like made everything so boring and homogenized that there's less chance of people getting over. But they tried it. They tried to do it. Essentially, like uh, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, with Becky, 
because they pushed Becky. Becky gets super over, but they were dead set. If if everyone remembers, they were dead set on her being a heel. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte, of course, being like the face, even though it's like, why why would you have a flare? Be uh, <laughs> a primary babyface. I mean, Flair has been babyface, and he was in his career. But it's like the Flares are assholes. They're arrogant assholes. Like they work best as heels, and that's how Charlotte is too. So I understand you want to have Charlotte as a face, but they were dead set on her being like the primary face, like a, the, a Hogan type face. And it's like, no, people were clamoring for Becky, and it was weeks, weeks of and weeks of them pushing her as like a heel until finally, like, people were like, no. And the whole like, the whole incident it, where Nia legit broke her nose and caused her to get bloody. That that really like everyone was going crazy. It's like, oh my god, she's female Stone Cold. And then they just, but then they they screwed the booking up there. But that's one way that they they're screwing up is just they they actively will punish you. And the other way is like they don't they don't they don't strike when the iron is hot. Like they waste so much opportunity and I have a whole big discussion about NXT, but I don't know if you want to dive into that or you have more thoughts on let's well, I wanted to say like, compare that to what new Japan just did where they were like, Hey, we think we can do something with evil. Let's just put the belt on him and see what happens. Mm-hmm. They don't want it, to take a chance on anything. It's like, what, I mean, what the hell? And we'll see if it works with evil. People have already, I've seen some people already kind of criticize like his the matches he's had, winning the title and a so couple my, of matches afterwards. But so with me, um, I just give them the benefit of the doubt of the doubt now because anytime I've questioned a decision Ghetto has made, they always prove me wrong. So I just don't question them anymore because I'm just like, hey, I'll let it play out because you kind of earned that because I doubted Okada. You made me eat eat shit on that one and some other stuff they've done like i didn't know how they were going to come back from nakamura and aj leaving and well yeah well people also need to realize like evil has a different style and they're they're going a different way with how they're booking him it's like if you have let's say like an aew like you have you have cody as the, the tnt champion right and then let's say he loses the title to I don't know, like Joey Janela, like, and I like Joey. I'm not trying to mock him, but let's say they put him on Joey Janela, and Joey Janela is kind of doing like quasi deathmatch garbage match stuff, and people are like complaining, and it's like, well, why are you complaining? Like, it's a different person, it's a different style. They're going a different direction. You can't have the same thing over and over again. You try something new, and that's what New Japan is doing. But you never, and AEW does tons of new shit, and mm-hmm. then they they've been correcting themselves. Like there are things that get dropped Um, because it's not really working and they do it more quietly uh but where they they resolve it quickly yeah but they'll find a way to get themselves out of it because it's not working well like the nightmare collective wasn't yeah the nightmare collective wasn't working and they just they were like nope never mind done not doing that anymore well i was even just thinking like they have they decided to do like a storyline stuff with brandy and Allie, and Allie was just like walking around she was introduced essentially into the company as like she's the manager for the Butcher and the Blade, and then they dropped that mm-hmm. because they found a different, more I'm not gonna say I'll say compelling, even though I'm not that invested in that storyline. But it's they found a more interesting thing for her to do by putting her in a storyline with Brandy and QT Marshall than to actually just be having her as like a manager who adds nothing. 
Or even Britt Baker, like when the face thing oh really my God. wasn't working, like they they turned her heel and it actually like it she's actually, so much like, better. She's it, good. She's really good as a heel. Makes, it kind of makes me wonder if she was shitting it up on purpose as a face to make us hate her. I don't know. Like, that's the turnaround has been so dramatic. Like the 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 stuff like that. The the tweet where like AEW was like, hey, it's Britt Baker and it's Oscar the Grouch in a trash can, and she's yeah. just like, delete this. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. As an aside, I'm. It's in terms of like in depth viewing of AEW, I'm like weeks behind. Um, I, I keep up with what they're doing every week, but as far as like actually just sitting down and, and really pouring over it, I'm I'm like two months behind. But I just watched. The, I don't know if you remember guys. You guys remember this? The the kind of inspirational like I'm working on coming back video that they did with her at like the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguar Stadium, that. and she's just doing like the simplest shit where it's like her assistant Reba brings her like a oh like a 10 pound weight or something and she's sitting there in the wheelchair and it's like ah she like drops the weight because it's too heavy for her so (laughs) Reba brings her like a two and a half pound weight she's like lifting it and it's like ah, look like she's really like building strength and then the her like the last big part of it is she's like wheeling up a, a only slightly inclined ramp (laughs) <laughs> but it's 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 presented in slow motion like she's running a, finishing up a marathon like chariots of fire going yeah yeah i think they might have even had chariots of fire playing <laughs> and at the end it's like people cheering her on like you can do it and then tony shivani all of a sudden appears and he's like cheering her on it's it's so dumb but it has worked like gangbusters to get her over as a heel i'll tell you what shocked me and how much i liked it was making Taz um, Brian Cage's manager. Oh, yeah. And doing all that stuff. Like, WWE never do that. Like, Taz, like, saving his arm and all that stuff because Moxie's like, I'm just going to, like, tear your muscles apart. And Taz, like, you know, like, saved his arm. And, like, there was, like, you know, there's that whole, like, subplot of, like, you know, hey, I know what injuries like that are like. I was doing you a favor. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's just... I. And, like, they made some corrections, like, I thought, like, towards the end of last year, AEW was really not getting the plot lines done, and they had someone like Tony Khan that pretty much say, like, no, we've got to have me in charge to at least get, like, a sort of focus, and then the show, like, got better. Oh, yeah, and I think on a week-to-week basis, the show's fantastic. Yeah, not every storyline is going to hit, but That's just true of everything, though. Yeah. yeah, but they are trying on many different levels to get guys over, to give storylines to guys, to make things matter. Uh, and there's some storylines that obviously they're a little more long term, and others that are shorter. But I mean, it's they're really trying. Whereas, again, everything in the WWE is so scripted. You see, guys. I mean, again, not to harp on it or beat up on the guy, but like Dolph Ziggler has been around as Dolph Ziggler for like 13 years now. That's a longer run than that's like a longer run than Hogan was on top in at least the WWF first time around. And it's like he well they still have him fighting for the championship. Hogan was a heel in a different company causing another wrestling boom 13 years after his winning the WWF championship. Yeah. 
just um, I think my favorite example, and don't get me wrong because I, I actually I love it. I know there are some some folks who are friends of mine that don't, but I'm halfway certain that when AEW was starting and they they hired Cassidy, they're like, okay, yeah, this will be a, a fun thing to have. But he got so over that they just they were like, hell with it, let's go. You know, and they just kept having him do stuff and kept having him do stuff. And then, you know, he's having a match. He had a match with Jericho what, a week or two ago or something like that. And people were rabid to see it. Mm-hmm. They're just they're looking at it and be like, this is getting over. Let's do something with it. Well, see, but if it was WWE, though, well, they would they would do one of two things. It would get over and then they would beat it to death. Um, until it was a dead horse or two, which is the most likely scenario, it would start getting over and triple H would instantly program with him to glob <laughs> onto his heat and beat him clean in the ring. And then it would not be over anymore. That, that would be like a 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 yeah, years. Definitely. I was going to say, well, no, because if it, if it does well enough, he would probably like find a way to slither his way into, um, well, it. what what you would taking Triple H out of it, what you would see is it would he would get over, he'd be like really over, and people would be really excited for him. And uh, let's say like Seth Rollins is the champion, so they would have him. They would want to put him into a world title program with Seth Rollins. So what they would do is they would have him face Seth Rollins, and so then Seth would beat him clean, and then they'd have a rematch, and then they'd beat him again clean, and then they'd have a third match. Maybe a gimmick match, and then Seth would beat him. And then and Seth then, would put him in a wheelchair then, and shove him off of the stage. And, well, and, and yeah, he and would also like, he'd ahead. also have to work a Seth Rollins match because God forbid Seth Rollins like do anything not formula. Right. And then uh, four months in, after like having been beaten repeatedly, uh, then he would actually get his victory over Seth Rollins, and uh, he wouldn't be over because you've booked him to lose for four months. And then Vince would be like, oh, we can't push this guy. I mean, he, look, he doesn't move any ratings. He's hey, not, let's, he's, yeah. he's, kid doesn't have what it takes, guys. Sorry. Yep. Let's job him to Randy Orton. God almighty. That's, that's what you would just hurt work. my soul when you say that, bro. Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the way things are building on the shows from what I'm reading right now, I have a sneaking suspicion that Randy Orton's going to beat Drew McIntyre for the title at SummerSlam. Ugh. Looks like that that match will that'll at least be like the match they the title match they go for yeah, for summer. It sounds like they're building Matt Riddle up for a program with Baron Corbin because why? Yeah, that's true. And it, Randy Orton started his career as a legend killer, and now they're turning him into the career killer because it's the it's, cooler. I, I think is the better. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because you have Matt Riddle who is sort of feuding with AJ for at least like a week or two. Yeah. Like, why can't you just continue that at least through SummerSlam? I don't know. Don't let know it ride. If it's working, let it ride and see. You know, if if and let it ride and see if it keeps working. And if it doesn't, then that's see. They're at such a low point right now. This is the perfect time to do that stuff. But they won't. They're not. They're so, they're walking even more into that control freak. 
Well, can can we can we talk about some? I want to do. I want to get to NXT after this part because I think Matt's <clears> got some things to say there. But I do want to talk about. I think some constructive things that we could do to make it better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So one, they need to stop rematching matches to death. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many times do you watch like a pay per view? Like when you would watch the TV, that they would literally rematch like three fourths of that pay per view within the next week. That was something WCW got really bad about, was because there was no point to watching the pay-per-view, because they would schmoz the finish, and then on Nitro you'd get an actual finish to the match, yeah. and it wouldn't be on. It wouldn't be until after that that the the storyline would end. You'd go to something else. It's like, why in the world are you having the actual rubber match, the actual blow off? Not on the pay-per-view. You're just incentivizing people not to buy your pay-per-views. And yeah. you have – you literally have like 200 guys under contract still. You really shouldn't have to do that very No, much. you shouldn't. You, sh- you shouldn't. And you don't – they don't really run that many matches on TV. Like I think there's only like four or five matches per show. If you uh, – if you, let's use AEW again, specifically the Orange Cassidy example because mm-hmm. they had several interactions between him and Jericho prior to them actually having a match where – I mean you had Jericho like attack him. You had Orange Cassidy against other members of the inner circle, but you didn't really have – you didn't have like an actual match between them until the, the big match that they had. You basically kept them apart that way, mm-hmm. whereas – in WWE, it'd be like, okay, no, 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 no. they're going to have uh, the pay-per-view match, and then they're going to fight on free TV like five times after that. And it's like, yeah. why, why do I care? Why did I, one, why, if I bought the pay-per-view or I purchased a ticket, or even if I just watched it on the, the network, it's like, why? Like, you just gave me the match again for like free like several times. And or or going into that match, you would have seen them in some like variation of tags and multi mans for like four weeks going into that with the yeah. same like tired cold open promos. Which is yeah. another thing I think they need to do away with. Like stop having the same thing at the start of every show. Like no more thirty minute <clears throat> promos with like five interruptions that make the main event. Like that that, that is yeah. absolutely like the artifact of the the Triple H Reign of Terror era is yeah. everything had to start with that promo in the middle of the ring, and you know here I am I'm going to be out here talking and then someone's going to interrupt me and someone's going to interrupt, and it's like you you're basically telling me don't bother watching the first half hour of the show because it's not going to matter. You you don't tell me it's going to set everything else up because it's always the same thing that happens. I'll just tune in at what. 8.30 instead, and then they'll be like, oh, here's what the main event's going to be. I'm like, all right, fine. I don't I don't need all that, but you've decided that I have to have it. And if you watch, like, old stuff, like, it's shocking when you watch, like, old TV, and we've been doing a lot of that recently, is just how, how snappy everything is and how, like, guys just cut these, like, 40-second promos to get, like, their character and the program over it's like you don't need 20 minutes to say that stuff is it just me or does it feel like that like no one actually had the show laid out before that 20 minute promo so it's just someone in the back being like oh thank god we've got a main event 
But that, that that that's what it feels like, though. So if they don't care, why do you care? Right. Like, that's another thing AEW does, and I hate to keep using AEW, but most weeks with AEW, you know most of the matches on the show. Yeah. Well, they'll at announce the, it. They'll announce yeah. it the least you know the main. Yeah, at the very least you know the main. You Yeah, the main and at least one or two other matches. Like, if they're going to have a tag team title match or they're just going to have a big match... Like you, you'll know that they've been very good about promoting that. Mm-hmm. And then, so the other thing I would do, and this will be my last one. You got to cut down on your titles. They oh, have yeah. too many belts. Um, they don't mean anything. Like I, I don't think you don't need two world titles. You don't need two women's titles. I really don't think you need women's tag titles. Um, honestly, like you don't need two sets of tag titles. You don't have any tag teams. You know, really, the U.S. title you could just chuck in the trash because that's about what it means. Like, you have way there's way too much, too much on the shows. I can agree to a point. Um, I understand, like, not having two world titles. Absolutely, not having um, having women's tag titles doesn't really bother me because we we've got these two separate divisions and if you're if you're trying to make the case it's like no they you know men and women they both have an opportunity like to be showcased on our show okay cool but yeah but if yeah, you can't, there's, there's if too you many can't, if you can't make a compelling program for it month in and month out then that belt should not exist i'm 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 arguing on it from a different perspective i think i'm not i'm not saying that you're incorrect about that but I, I think i'm just hitting it on a different different wavelength um but maybe if you had a division for it but they really don't have a division either yeah it's it's okay vince has never cared about tag wrestling not really it's always been the afterthought and it shouldn't be uh, tag wrestling gives you so many options to be able to do stuff with, but you, that's, Vince has never done that. So, one set, if it's going to be your, your world tag team titles, make it your world tag team titles. If you're going to have a world title, make it your world title or your company title, whatever. But just have one, and like you said, there's, God, the U.S. title from, I know they've just redesigned it, and I think that looks bad, too. The one before that looked like a fourth-grade art project. Just, you know what? Just just don't. Because, like you said, there's too many of them, so they're not special. They don't mean anything. Why do I, you know, if, if, if I lose the Intercontinental title over here, I'll be like, well, I'll just go for the U.S. title then. Who cares? I'll, I'll go get one from somewhere. There's There's enough of them. Like, I couldn't even tell you who the United States champion is right now. Apollo Crews. Yeah, it's right now. Yeah. Well, they finally started doing something with him. He was, and then they finally did something with him. Ugh. Again, it's no offense to him, but it's like it's years after I care about Apollo Crews. He doesn't have a character either. They've kind of started. They kind of started doing something with that. Um, cause like Cruz actually has like had fire. I can't remember who he was doing a promo with, but it was someone who was, you know, basically down talking him and being like, yeah, what do you do? You ain't no, and 
Cruz just like hauls off and smacks the living hell out of the guy. And he's like, why don't you back that up? And you, you won the title off of him. So it's like, hey, you know what? We've we've actually got something going all of a sudden. And at least if you go by the, the Squared Circle Reddit, people were getting excited for it. So, you know, hey, look at that. You, you can give something for people to sink their teeth into. They'll start getting excited for it. But, you know, we had years of crews not doing anything. And, you know, that, that did nothing but hurt your whole product, really. Because, you know, anybody that works with him knows it don't mean anything. Oh, and I would cut Raw down to two hours. That's a, I think that one's a real killer for a lot of people. So I'm glad you said that because uh, earlier this afternoon, someone on Twitter, uh, his name is Garrett Kidney. Apparently he's from County Cork, Ireland, uh, which is actually lovely. It's my favorite area of Ireland. Um, he, he posted a tweet. He sent out a tweet saying, adding a third hour to Raw should be looked at as one of the most long-term damaging things WWE ever did. And I actually agree with that because I think it's just killed the flow of the show. And uh, someone, this kind of created a discussion in the comments, but someone brought up a point which I also agree with, saying that it it basically helped speed up and facilitate like viewer erosion, mm-hmm. and it's made the show like much less watchable. And I agree, like it's. It's just made the whole show like a drag to get through. They have they have to fill too much content. That's why you're going to wind up with like half hour long talk segments that you don't give a shit about in the first hour. For the and third hour, you're burnt out. You don't want to even continue watching it, even though third hour is usually when they have like some of the best wrestling on the show. But they also like the third hour kind of facilitated them into that. <laughs> like the matches take forever now. Mm-hmm. Because they do like they'll do like one or two commercial breaks during every match, so like half the time you're watching a match and they're really just like playing with themselves because they have to get through like the first commercial break so they can start having a match, so they can set themselves up for the next commercial break to go into a finish. Like it's just mm-hmm. like how many times like on Raw like and I don't even watch every week, but how like it's it's like a joke now like the oh like so and so out to the floor Raw will be right back. Yeah, it's it's really bad about that, and I can't imagine how frustrating that is for the for the wrestlers because you're like, okay, and we go to break, and they just go, ah, crap, because everything that they had been building now has to stop. And go on pause, which means now the crowd, it, you can't just pause the crowd interest. You've been doing all this stuff to get them excited and wound up for it. And and then you just suddenly hit the brakes and slap on a chin lock. They're going to be like, you think there are any nachos left? Um, that, that was something Nitro was actually pretty good about. Because if they would go to a commercial break, they would just, they would either tell you, this is what happened during the commercial break, or they would show you a clip from it. Or they tell you, like, hey, if this ends while we're in commercial, we'll show it to you. 
Yeah. And so the match could just progress without having its flow interrupted. Well, usually what happened... What happened in... With... Well, in not WWE, is you'd usually have, like, the face starting to go off. They go to commercial... And or the face getting in peril as they went to commercial, that you would come back to the face fighting out of something. Yeah, like they'd be fighting out of a headlock or a sleeper or something. Like there was always like a flow to it that they don't do now. That like really, they just kind of cut in and out of the match awkwardly. Yeah, it's just like well, we gotta go commercial, cut it. Yeah. So then, um, I know Matt has been itching to talk about this when it came up earlier, but what was, what was your NXT kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, there's, there's one main point I guess I want to make, uh, which actually I felt like I, I, it really kind of got my brain thinking about it based on some, some comments that Chris Jericho I've uh, actually made recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I will preface this in, in general just by saying NXT used to be, at least in the last three four years, uh, it it was my favorite part of the WWE mm-hmm. because even even though the main WWE uh, couldn't go hot or cold, there was some stuff that was great, some stuff that a lot of stuff that just I didn't care for, and I have I felt the quality has been going down consistently over the last like three four years, but NXT was always like it's just well done, which a lot of people give Triple H credit for, and not that he doesn't deserve any credit. Um, I feel it's easy to have a really good, essentially like a, its own little promotion. You can have like a really good promotion. If and you, it's, if, it's also easy to book guys well when they're gonna leave in six months. Yeah, but that okay, fair point. But I mean, it's easy to book a really good promotion when you're basically booking like mid two thousands Ring of Honor, or you're booking two thousand tens PWG. Because if you have like literally some of the best talent out there in the yeah. independence in the wrestling like North American wrestling scene, then it's like, yeah, you're going to have, going to have good matches and all you have to do is just not have bad storylines, but not every storyline was great. I mean, there was plenty of like back in the day, there was plenty of like weird, stupid storylines they did with like Enzo and cash and other people. Yeah. That you kind of just overlooked because everything else was like totally hot. But, uh, since, my preface is that it's basically even I'm, I'm saying like even though I loved NXT like my interest in it really took a nosedive when they counterprogrammed it against AEW because look I'm I'm like a dad now right when AEW was starting like a month later my daughter was born like I'm a busy guy like I can't devote hours upon hours of, of time per week to wrestling content like I, I would love to mm-hmm so, if I have to choose, like, AEW is going to get the nod, and then I will maybe catch NXT if I can. But when they counter-programmed against it, it's like, uh, it really turned me off. And since then, it's been, I feel NXT has just been a law of diminishing returns. They're they are constantly hot-shotting stuff. I mean, they, they beat, as of today, like, July 28th, like, the, they beat AEW a couple times recently. In overall ratings, but then AEW still won every demo. 
um, yeah. except except like over fifty five people. Mm-hmm. And then and, last um, week, last week they like it basically AEW beat NXT when they weren't doing you know big hot shot. This could have been on the WrestleMania card. Uh, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, like big match. Like once they didn't have that, then AEW beat them by like over two hundred thousand viewers. So it's like, I, I my interest has kind of really gone down since then. It's it, it might be something petty. It's like I kind of am holding that against NXT, but my, my problem int- is they just like <clears throat> no one has characters there now. It's just like, oh hey look, we're doing like. Donovan Dijakovic versus so and so, and it's like, well, like I know who Dijakovic is, but like, what has he ever done in NXT to make me care about him other than he wrestles good? Yeah, he doesn't have much of a character. And like, even Keith Lee, like, I mean, Keith Lee really doesn't have much of a character. He just has charisma. Well, they, they waited so long to pull the trigger on Lee that everyone's kind of like, oh, we finally get to see the payoff. Now we got it. We're done. And it's like, but like, and even even going into that, like, why do I give a crap about Adam Cole? Like, I've seen him in other promotions and he's, other than some PWG stuff, like, no one's going to, no one wants to pay to watch him be your champion. Like, he already failed an ROH and you gave him, like, a year plus title reign? No, there are people who are Adam Cole fans. Yeah, but they're a minority though. Like I the, he's not the problem there is is like and I think that's a trap NXT's fallen into. Like his title reign was like that insular wrestling like kind of um logic where they convince themselves that oh, he has all this stuff that makes him a star. So we're going to give him this long title reign because he's this, like, kind of um, cornerstone heel property you need. And then, like, you look at the ratings and people are just kind of like, eh, like, giant meh. The thing that jumps out to me and and is that NXT went into this holding pattern, this massive holding pattern. Yes, and when they were like, hey, you know, no, NXT is going to be an equal third brand. They're not going to be developmental anymore. It's like, okay. And so basically the whole promotion went just into neutral. And you, you know, look, I get it. Having having a strong heel is, you know, you that's 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 a common, you know, that's that's a trope the industry's built on. Having, you know, strong heel or heel faction that holds all the cards and that sort of stuff. Okay, great. But the Undisputed Era didn't, like, actually change. Like, nothing actually changed for, like, a year. And, and It was it like matter. watching the worst of the NWO yeah. with nothing happening. So it's yeah. like, well, why am I going to watch? Because nothing's changing. Because it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they won. They were still going to be in the same spot. It didn't matter if they lost because they just came out the same week, the next week, and the same exact thing. Like, it didn't matter. And, you know, the the belts stayed, you know, stapled to their waists. There was no tension that they were going to lose anything until basically, basically Keith Lee came along. And then they took too long to do that. 
but it, think about that. How how long has it been since since Lee showed up on the roster, and then they had him pretty much be the you know the the guy who you know the monster that that tore them apart. Well, so that's a Shad, long wait. Shad, you're going to be really really sad about this, but the weekend where Keith Lee got hot like really hot and hit everyone's radar was survivor series 2019. I know. So, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's what I was saying is that they waited, they waited so long to do it. Uh, yeah. And this, this actually was, I mean, I, I kind of got sidetracked, but this was like my overall point about how they, they don't actually pull the trigger on people or it is, as you put it, Chad, that's a very good way to put it, that they just have everyone as a, in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this in the comments specifically that kind of sparked my brain thinking about this whole thing. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a topic or an idea that I haven't had before, but it was just one I had kind of put on the back of my, my mind. But Chris Jericho actually brought up, sparked my thinking about this again, because he made in the last few days, a couple of days ago, I, I must have been on his podcast, unless he was interviewed by another podcast. He basically was, he was talking about uh, you know recent NXT talent, Karrion Cross, who had previously been an impact as Killer Cross, mm-hmm. um, getting a lot of heat. Obviously, he uh, they're really pushing him as they should because the guy is uh, he's talented, he's big, he has a unique look. And Chris Jericho had said, I think he's going to be very, very big in the WWE, but they need to get him out of NXT. I think it would be better to just have him in the WWE, meaning like the main roster. They've got to build him up as they do, but I think he's going to be a big star. And thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? He has a very valid point because Keith Lee is a great example. Like, great, Keith Lee got really hot when they had him in working Survivor Series and he was, you know, showing what he could do. He was beating main WWE roster guys. And then they did nothing with him really for nine months, eight months, eight months, nine months. Um, Not that they did nothing, nothing, but it's like, you didn't give him like the big push. It was still the slow build towards that when it's like he was hot then. And maybe that's what you run with. And honestly, maybe you don't even just have him in NXT. Maybe you bring him to the main roster uh, you had him in the Royal Rumble. Maybe you had yeah. him like throw some guys over. You had him and, in the Rumble go toe to toe with Brock. What? Yeah. And instead of having like, I know obviously the goal was to get uh, Drew over. Okay, but I mean, maybe you could have had him be like having a little contest there with with Brock, where he's like tossing a bunch of guys out. And then you've built him up, and then you just move him to main roster, and you have him as like a, a main guy. But they don't do that. And then the undisputed era, like they've been in there. What? How many? How many years have they have they been in there? Where they at, at least three? Because aren't haven't they been in every one of those uh, NXT War games? War games? Yeah, I it's, believe it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they they are not they are not the four horsemen. They will never be the four horsemen. Stop trying to make them like. Some modern. They're even the York Foundation, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they've been in there forever, and it's like, why, why haven't you just brought them up to the well, main the roster? Was, the, the Horsemen were broken up 
three years in. Yeah. Well, you could have had them were broken up multiple times. You could have had the the undisputed era move out to the main roster, and you could, since they like to book everything for months, you could have them literally be feuding with people in Raw or SmackDown, whatever brand you put them in, for like a full year, easy, and you'd have fresh matches. And but they don't do that because they needed just spots filled in NXT. And it was uh, another example was like the same thing with Shayna Baszler. It's like you had her there for like a year or two, just long past the point where she needed to be there. Well, but, she kind of failed on the main roster already, though. So, but how much of that so. is her fault? Like you, she has I flaws, mean, but it's like you always knew she had those flaws. Like her flaws were unknown to people. I, I think the problem. Okay, so I think her problem is though she really doesn't have charisma, and um, she's old, which I mean you know, whatever on that. But she isn't. I never thought she was particularly good, and um, I feel like they were going to use her for a Ronda program, and then Ronda left, and then they were just kind of left holding the bag. But I mean, but name anyone that they brought up. From NXT oh, no to the main roster, as I'm sorry, to, speaking specifically of women's wrestlers, that they have actually done anything of value with. The last person was probably Asuka. I mean, they they brought Kyrie up, and again, we talked about this like the last week or two. They brought Kyrie up. They wasted her in a tag team with Asuka for like a year. They mm-hmm. finally are like booking her to win a to get a win over Bailey, like a women's champion. And right where she's like out the door and that never materializes itself into anything like they don't have her do like a even a short title program with Bailey. Yeah, it's just uh, she gets beat and then that's it. They kind of had something with Nikki Cross there for a couple months, but they kind of they cooled that off, too. They cooled that off. But the one thing I would give them credit for is the thing that they uncharacteristically did, and I think this is more just because whatever whatever is going on with Alexa, I don't think she's, you know, I don't think she's been healthy, so they have... I think I, I think Alexa, they gotta just... I think she's got... I think from... Because she seems to just get hurt the second she walks in the ring. I think she's gotta think about hanging that up. Because I think they're trying to extend her career, and that's why they've been doing the whole... Um, I just... But she's like, she's got like the bad stuff though, like concussions and stuff. Like I think, yeah. I think she's got to, I think, I think she's staring down that she's got to do the right thing for her long-term health and just stop because I just don't think she has the frame for it. She doesn't. She's a very petite girl, um, woman. I'm not trying to be like disparaging, but uh, she and she, when she was much younger, she was a power lifter. She was, a, well, she was she was a competitive fitness person and she yeah. was like kind of like a bodybuilder but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have like an athletic build no that to be actually bumps. I would say that 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 works against you on that front because if you don't have any tissue between your muscles and you're bumping then it seems to me like you just you're gonna get hurt a lot more. It seems to me with wrestling, you kind of, I, I know this is going to come off funny and I mean it a little funny, but you kind of want some junk in the trunk if you want to be like a long lasting wrestler. Like if you look at guys that are, were good for a long time, like look at Liger and his like weird, like stumpy ass lower, like torso. Well, by that 
if you're gonna by that logic like look how many luchadors are yeah and the, luchadors they, work even like doing crazy flips and shit until they're like 60 something like that they have like that low center of gravity to kind of like squat not you've, across you've gotta have form, yeah but. you've gotta have something there that's gonna help absorb the shock I think yeah. I also think though um WWE shortens careers though because they insist on flat back bumping whereas a lot of those other promotions guys do some of that but they also throw in like hip bumps and like prat falls and stuff so they don't yeah bump the sheer amount that WWE it, makes them on their back yeah and well that comes again from them being overproduced if everyone is laying out your match for you and telling you what you're going to do and that sort of stuff. And you don't have the freedom. I suspect that's why the, the the stories I hear are that the guys, as as rough as it is, they love you know doing house shows and stuff because on the house shows they get to you know have some fun with it and do do their own thing and make their own decisions. All of a sudden it's like okay, this is making a lot of sense, but it's you know this. Their schedule is grueling. They're supposed to have a certain look that has no, basically has no give to it, right? Yeah. You're not supposed to have like any kind of, um, you're not supposed to have any kind of extra weight on you because you know, God forbid, you've got something else, something there that's helping absorb the shock or anything like that. Um, it's, and, but you know Christopher Daniels worked all over the world for how long, and you know he's still going strong. I, I'm, there's something wrong with the formula, right? Yeah. The the point I was trying to make about Alexa Bliss was that uh, I, I'm sure there were reasons why she was in that tag team with Nikki Cross. I think yeah. mostly to just kind of help uh, extend her career. Yeah, by having her take sure. a little more easily uh, yeah. while still being like active competitor. But the one thing that they did, which is uncharacteristic for them, mm-hmm. is that they didn't have like, you know, pretty Alexa Bliss be like dogging Nikki Cross and turning on Nikki Cross, uh, which is where I thought they were initially going to go with that. Yeah, they, they didn't. They just had it be like, no, actually, we're friends. Like Nikki. Yeah. Nikki and I are, are cool. Like we're a good tag team, and they won the titles like twice. So it was different. It actually like uh, kind of subverted the, your expectations and the kind of the tropes you thought they were going to be. Yeah, going. No, you're absolutely right. They they did that, and I I was kind of waiting on the shoe to drop. And the other thing that it did is it it gave. Look, Nikki had this cool like. The, the, her her psycho act was different than everybody else because she'd get out there and she'd hit you with that grin. And it was like that movie, The New Guy, when he's like going to hit you with the crazy eyes and she does that grin and you're kind of like, ooh, that's, that's pretty crazy. She transitioned from just being crazy all the time to what she, you know, she's in, intense now, but she's not... Um, you know, she's not she's not the the full bore wackadoo kind of thing, and it worked, right? Like she she had a transition to a new main roster gimmick that worked. 
mm-hmm. and and didn't hurt her in the process. And if anyone thinks I'm being cynical about it, their call-ups have not had the best track record. You know, for every, you know, Kevin Owens we point at, I can very easily turn around and point at Sanity and be like, yeah, tell me about how that call-up went. Yeah. Right? That, oh my God, that drives me nuts. You have these guys who run these hot angles in NXT for how long, and then you call a whole group of them up and literally do nothing with them. Nothing. Uh, like, I don't even know if they made it. Uh, they may have made it once or twice onto, like, the main roster. I, by that, I mean, like, they had, like, a match on SmackDown or something like that. They 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 were disappeared within, like, a, at least a month. Yeah. And then just, you know, quietly they released... Uh, well, at least it'll release Derek Young. Eventually, yeah. And I think Killian Dane is still there. I think he's basically just like a jobber. I have they did they even put Killian Dane on the road? Because I, I have no idea. After um, after did was it he and Sarah Logan that got married, or was it one of the the Vikings no, variants? No, yeah, Viking. Uh, Sarah Logan's. <laughs> married to one of the viking guys okay uh, i couldn't remember no no what am i thinking killing killing Dane's a day married to nikki uh, cross nikki cross yeah yeah so they're not they're not gonna piss her off by by cutting him because if they did that then she'd just be like well my contract's up i'm done and they don't want to do that but <laughs> this is a this is a company that you have a guy who is like almost universally loved and the guy is super over but you don't know what the fuck to do with Finn Balor to the point where you have to put him back in NXT right and it's like don't give me this shit about how oh he's snake bit like he's gonna get injured it's like he's got injured maybe twice one of those is because your fucking boy Seth Rollins uh like fractured his his clavicle like tore his shoulder muscles yeah in a spot that he ended the career of another guy so it's clearly like i I think we know what the common denominator here is yeah and the other injury i think was something like more minor that he wasn't even out that long but it's like you're gonna really like you, you don't have anything to really do with this guy but you're gonna you're gonna endlessly push like baron corbin on us yeah yeah i i don't and for that matter, what's uh, how often is Samoa? Sorry to cut you off, but how no, what's fine. what's uh, what's Samoa Joe doing nowadays besides commentary? I I think that they they're on the snake bit train with that too. But my problem there is how long did you have him around healthy, having matches all the time, and you didn't do anything with him? Like I. I that that was not a short time period, and he was killing it the whole time. But you're gonna say, "Oh no, we can't use him. He's snake bit." No, come on. Look, I I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what specifically Balor is gonna do. He might he might be enjoying like the contract. I'm sure it's a very nice contract, but <laughs> I would love to see him either go back to New Japan or actually be in AEW. Like he yeah. could be like a, he I, he's older he's like 39 but I mean the guy is still looks young and a, a guy as good as him even if you even if he's working at like half speed which I don't think he's he's broken down like that 
he'd still be like fantastic. Well, and you I guys, I think he's like, I'm guessing he's probably like doing this so he can pile money away and retire. Maybe. And you guys were telling me that his his main roster style match, like I went back and watched some NXT stuff of his. That's not how he worked, and yet on the main roster he had three moves. So, you know what? What the shit, right? You you got this guy that you brought in on. Why are you bringing in these big names and you're signing them because they've been a big deal somewhere else and they know how to work and they know what they're doing and you stuck them in your developmental league for two years? And and here's the thing that that I think is really dumb with them and Balor is so a big story from the last couple weeks is AEW is starting to pull younger viewers like Raw and SmackDown and where they're really starting to win is with women like up to like 34 and in the 18 to 49 demo for women, you know, uh, a common denominator of women that I know that watch wrestling is, is they think Finn Balor is hot. (laughs) No, but like, but like the thing is, why is he on NXT then? Like he should be on raw or SmackDown pushed, pulling you a demo. Yeah. Uh, like, like I, I, I think one of the reasons why AEW is doing better in that demo, and the younger demos, is because there's young, attractive people on their product, and WWE does not have that. They're all in their thirties. Like, I think, I think that is part of the reason why AEW is doing better in the younger demos, other than the fact that they don't have that monochrome presentation. They just have young, attractive people of both sexes on their show. I can't argue with that logic, right? I mean, there. I you're gonna yeah. I, I'd be I'd be I would be shocked, shocked. I tell you, if you know Jungle Boy was not bringing in a big demographic, you know. Yeah, I, I I would say he probably is, and I mean, I would say, I would say, Rio was bringing in the younger demographic. Yeah, I just think I just think that's because I mean I mean I mean no one's no one's tuning in for sex for Seth Rollins sex appeal like it's just. <laughs> Uh, I know, you know I mean, though, but there's like the, but it's just like, I mean, when you think about it, though, like, so if you watch like the WWE programming, even at NXT, it's a bunch of people in their mid to upper thirties on the shows. Like what is, what is, um, what is a person under 34 really going to get out of that? And I mean, it's not even like, uh, um, it's not even like a conscious thing, but I remember like when I watched WCW, like I started watching when I was 16, like Rey Mysterio was only a couple years, it's only a couple years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. And like Kidman was like, you know, there were, yeah, there were people of all ages on the show. 
and they were doing different stuff. I, I, it was a joke for a while of the WWE main event style, but it was true in that, you know, everyone was working basically Stone Cold's match for a few years there. And now you don't have that exactly. You have you what you have now with the WWE style. It's pretty much a very sanitized indie spot foo style for a lot of it. Yeah, I, I mean, what 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 kept happening in our group chats would be like, oh, they're doing the Tower of Doom spot. Who's not there? Who's going to break it up? Oh, that's who it's going to be right there. Here yeah. it comes. And, 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 you know, you see it so much that you just end up calling it because you're like, ah, yeah. what, you know, what the yeah. hell? It's. And the whole time, the whole time that that's all going on, you're getting assaulted by Kevin Dunn's, like, cutaway shots. <laughs> he just. <laughs> Bucky Beaver, you. No, we 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 got to keep people's attention. No, but I I, mm. I think I think that's a very understated part of why their ratings are down so much is the way they shoot. Like, and I, I mean, I I'm not even being facetious when I say like they assault you with like their cutaway shots because sometimes it feels like you're you're being assaulted like visually with how they shoot stuff. Uh, yeah. Um. It's it's so weird because they go from this like very dry presentation where like you know in their talking segments where it's basically it just sits and holds on one camera to um, then you get in the matches and it's 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 like someone's ADHD kicks in and they're just hammering that button. Um, and it it doesn't help that you're just getting some god awful garbage on your TV too. The last time that I on TV sat down and and to watch a WWE show, not not like oh, I'm gonna get on the network and and catch this thing. But you turned on USA Network or Fox, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna it was watch Fox. Me some some wrestling. Well, I sat down in my chair in my recliner and I was like, ah, oh, and I'm flipping through the channels and it's, and it was like one of the early Smackdowns on Fox. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I forgot that they, they were doing this. Let's check this out. <sighs> Do you want to take a guess which segment I saw? Let me see. What was it? What did it involve Baron Corbin and dog food? It involved Baron Corbin's, Little promo where he had Roman Reigns graphic Yelp. Like, not even the dog food thing. The the thing where it was like, oh, you know, Roman Reigns says he's the big dog, but you know what big dogs sound like? And it's it's just his graphic going, and I'm like, hell no. I'm the, and I just so turned it off because I was like, reminded, I'm, you're I'm reminded done. me of a movie right now. So this reminds me of Office Space when um, the main character goes to his neighbor. Does does anyone ever ask you if if you have a case of the Mondays? And he gets this really disgusted look. And he's like, "No, no, I think you'd get your ass kicked if you said that." Hell no, That's like man. what I was thinking of while you were talking about that. Yeah, it's, hell no, man. Someone get their ass kicked for something like that. I'm, and I was like, "What?" It it actually was embarrassing. 
for me to be a fan in in that segment. And it's just, and I I had this moment of reflection where I was like, somebody sat down and wrote this and it was presented laughing it to themselves. You know what? I don't think they were. I think they were like, oh, I've got to get something out there. Uh, Vince will like this. That's what I am like full bore convinced happened is that they they forgot to do their homework and had to rush to do their assignment right before hand in. And that's what they came up with. Can, yeah. can you believe can you believe he survived leukemia and he had that goodwill going for him and they were doing that with him? I I They, they, it should have been, this should have been like divine providence for the guy's career. That the guy comes back with all this goodwill and everything like that and he gets a fresh start and the fans are more behind him than they have ever been. And... What do we it, it like they they wanted something like oh you know the cancer should have finished the job or something it's like who are you people? Whereas if they had just said look Roman's coming contrast contrast Kurt Angle talking smack about Triple H's return at Madison Square Garden his whole YouTube beautiful day thing what did Kurt Angle do? I, there's no way anybody wrote that for Kurt. Kurt's like, oh, you know, what's all this big deal? He's coming back after he tore his quad. Look at me. I tore my quad this morning. I'm here. I'm hopping around. <laughs> and, you know, it it makes him look petty and entitled and jealous and all this kind of stuff. And it just it played into this whole return thing. But, no, you can't just be like, all right, you know, you're going to be, you know, Roman's return program. We want this to be some good stuff. You know, you guys talk it out, you know, hit us. Well, with this, what was, you this, do. Was, this was after like six months of that Shane McMahon crap that really tanked him. Too. Uh, okay. I mean, that's fair, but they could have on the return. They could have just been like, okay, you're working with Roman on the return. You know, we really want you guys to get out there and kill this. So, um, you know, work on it, let it, you know, come up with something that sounds, sounds good, sounds natural, go with it, which is what Cody did in AEW. They're just like, all right, you guys are feuding over this, go do your thing. And what happens? <laughs> this guy, it sounds natural. It sounds like people who are mad at each other, how they talk when they're really mad at each other. <sighs> But, I don't think Baron Corbin could have done better than the dog stuff personally because he's just outright terrible. I, not that I was like an apologist, but I tried the longest time to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it, it just it became ridiculous how much they were pushing him. They're still pushing him. Yeah, they still are. Years. When it's not Literally working. Years at this point. Yeah. This is the inverse of what we were talking about earlier about striking when the iron's hot is that they won't let go of something when it doesn't work. We're we're almost we're almost we're a couple months away from being two years out from 
when they like trashed him for saying the ratings were bad because of him like when they had him all over raw that was that's almost two years ago <sighs> god uh, yeah go ahead you realize magnum ta only had like a five-year career in wrestling <laughs> yeah as good as he was yeah it was it was something short like that yeah and baron corbin has been he hasn't been on the main roster for five years, but probably Feels at least like three it. years. I've, he's been around. I mean, he's oh, been, he's been with the company at least five years. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw him. He wrestled on the first NXT show outside of Florida, and that was 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. He was on the first takeover. I don't remember who it was, but he squashed somebody. Um, doing his his biker gimmick thing. So, uh, it's, just ponder- it's just ponderous. It's exhausting. I, I that's. I, I what just... I hate, I hate those like wrestling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the quote unquote veterans that like try and defend him and are be like, no, he's just getting heat. Like, well, no, you see, if if he was actually getting heat, people would pay to see him lose. Like, people just stop watching and going to shows because of him yeah that's like, not getting heat it, it's there's a certain amount of and it's it's unfortunate that this name got attached to him but x-pac heat is a very real thing and there's some people that for some reason can't tell the difference between x-pac heat and in real heat it's not a we want to see this guy go down it's a we don't want to see this guy anymore and it's not it's not it's not the chorus of booze. It's the groan of response whenever they make their entrance, right? Think back to whenever you heard the you're dealing with the X factor and the crowd went, oh, right. That's yeah. It's like, yeah, well, okay. All right. I'll give to you that he's getting heat. You realize the heat that he's getting is not, the kind of heat that gets people, you know, tuning into your show week after week. Yeah, it's just, I don't, it's just a weird thing. Like, have you ever noticed, like, people in the wrestling business get really, like, weird opinions about things? Well, they get defensive of the other guys because there's the, there's the kinship, you know, we work. I know the kind of thing he's going through. He wants to do a good job. He's trying at it. But then sometimes you just got to look at it and go, this is not working. And as obsessed as they are about making people like enforcers or bodyguards or henchmen to people, I don't understand how Corbin didn't catch that, how how he ended up in the primary spot when when there are, are people who are way, way better you know, uh, how, how, how is Corbin the one that they hook people onto? I've well, talked thing. too I much d- lately. D- well, the problem is, like, <laughs> I don't like when people, like, defend him and they turn around and they try and, like, crap on Marco Stunt or Orange Cassidy. And it's like, well, <laughs> see, the reason you're wrong is because people actually pay money for things <clears throat> involving Orange Cassidy. They do not pay money to see Baron Corbin do anything. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I've heard. Um, I mean, I don't know what the figures, but I've heard that Orange Cassidy does mer- move merch. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too, and it doesn't surprise me. I see his. St- I've seen his stuff out in the wild. Oh yeah. I don't think I've even seen like a Baron Corbin shirt at like an, a WWE show. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, well, okay, let's be fair. I have seen um, someone with a look similar to his uh, right before the Applebee's in town closed down. The the host was dressed the exact same way, so you know, not really the same thing. Now wait, did he try to give you like, um, did he try to clothesline you, or did he just want to take your order? Because I mean, we need to, we need to differentiate if it was actually Baron Corbin or an Applebee's server, but. Um, well, it wasn't a server. Then, it was it was the host. So okay. Well, but I guess we don't know what Baron Corbin does in his off time, so he might actually <laughs> just go to Applebee's afterwards. Uh, I, that's like a bad joke. I hang on to for too long. But well, but the other thing is like I noticed that like I I never talk. I kind of you guys were a little more bullish on Seth Rollins when I pretty much shit on him from day one, but. I've been to shows even before that Seth Rollins push and people would wear his merch, but it always felt like the people that had his merch on wanted someone else's shirt, but it was sold out. So they settled for like the Seth Rollins shirt. I've, I've seen um, like people at conventions wearing Rollins shirts, but by the same token, uh, I've seen way more people at conventions with, Bullet Club shirts or, um, you know, Young Bucks or the Elite or something like that. So it, it's it's the Rollins uh, saturation point is, by comparison, pretty low. Also, I feel like if I wore a Seth Rollins shirt to a convention, I would not get a single comment on it. But I have gone to conventions with Bullet Club shirts on, and I have gotten too sweeted enough that my niece was like freaked out by it. Oh um, yeah, I've I've worn Bullet Club shirts like out in the in the wild, as you say, and people have like recognized them. So there's I, that. My, my my niece was like, "Are you guys like making gang signs when you do that or something?" I'm like, "No, it's a wrestling thing. Just just keep going." I um I made it a point that if I saw someone who was wearing a uh, bullet club or an elite shirt. I would, I would too sweet with them as they went by. I, I wouldn't even say anything. I'd just hold it up. And half the time I got this look like, what are you? Oh, right. Cause I, I don't think they were used to people knowing what the hell was going on. But, uh, yeah, I always did that. Cause you know, it's, it, it's, it's fun to be part of an inside thing like that. On the other hand, it's not fun to be a Rollins fan. So, uh, also, um, the bullet club stuff actually fit my, my opinion on what a wrestling shirt should be to a T. Actually, it could go both ways on that one because we, we talked about this a while ago and, and Shad found it quite humorous, but in my opinion, to have a good wrestling shirt that will sell well is, if you walk up to an old lady that does not know what it is, she should either think that you are in a gang or worship Satan in some manner. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I agree with that, but 
it needs to not be either person's logo super big on the front or person like silk screen their face or like a picture of them on the front of it's, the shirt. It should be it should be it should be iconic enough that someone that knows what it is should want to run over and like say hi to you, but then it should be vaguely threatening to normies is what I think a good <laughs> wrestling shirt should be. I don't know that I agree with the threatening. Um, like not like threatening in that they should feel unsafe. They should just not know what you're into and be kind of like wary of it. Yeah, like you could be a fan, a diehard fan of a death metal band, yeah. or you could be maybe part of like a biker gang. Yeah. One of my favorite um, wrestling shirts was the old school Diamond Dallas Page where it was the blue with the hands up and his face in the middle of it thing. Because it, you look at it and you're like, okay, if you're a wrestling fan, you know what it is. It, but if not, it's just kind of a cool looking design. It's like a, but that, that fit at the time though, you could have been like into some weird like grunge rock thing. Yeah. That it's, it, it needs to be a cool design on its own first. Yeah. Because that's my problem with, like, WWE stuff. Other than some of the New Day stuff, which had the cool cartoony stuff in Rusev Day. Like, remember when Braun Strowman got, like, super hot? Yep. I got one of his shirts on clearance, and then about six months later, I gave it away to Goodwill. But, like, I wanted one, and I looked on their site, and I think they had one, and it was, like, Braun Goatman or something. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't, why would I wear that? Like, I'm a, like, for me to wear a wrestling shirt, you need to not make me say, I'm a 39-year-old man. Why would I wear that? <laughs> like, where am I, why am I going to wear some other dude's face on me that's not, like, cartoon character or, like, a cool logo? Like, I'm not going to wear that. Yeah. No, absolutely not going to wear that. Cool design first. Then we'll 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 slap the logo on it and tie it in. But the the cool design has to be the first step. Like there's one Matt got me at WrestleCon, which I love that one because it's clever. It's the one with the the Statue of Liberty holding a yes. folding chair. Yes, that one mm-hmm. I love. I I love that one. Yes, because it's cool. Yeah, it, it's a cool people, design. Yeah, and it does everything right. Like people. People will probably know it's a wrestling thing, but then, like, it's kind of weird and different, and they'll probably never see it again. Like, I like that one. Yeah, it's a great shirt. I wear it all the yeah. time. If, if we didn't thank you enough for it, by the way, Matt, there, <laughs> yeah. there's our ringing endorsement. Um, That's it, my grilling shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a lot of, not to plug our sponsor, but there's a lot of good uh, collar and elbow ones. That are kind of like in reference to to wrestling stuff or, or even non wrestling stuff, but again, are like vague enough that it's not doesn't scream like wrestling to you. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like their logo shirts. Is their logo shirts are not like tacky over the top. Usually, usually the design is is just it's either pretty cool or it's it's an amusing takeoff of something. You know that Coca-Cola colored elbow shirt that I that I got. I just I'll, you, if someone would walk by and look at it and be like, "Oh, it's Coke shirt." But if you stop and look at it, and be like, "What? What is 
collar and elbow, and I can be like, oh, it's the wrestling brand. And if they're interested, it'll be like, oh, hey, that's a shirt I would not be embarrassed to wear in public. And I'd be like, oddly enough, that's why I'm wearing this one. But, you know, we don't, we're not, I don't know, I don't know who is on their design team in in Stanford. I'm, I'm seriously baffled by it. Like, um, just going back, like, because he wrestled, like, for the first time in a while, like, remember that, that god-awful ACH shirt, which was just his, like, <laughs> was just, like, a smiling face, and, like, Triple H was trying to sell it as, like, the Rolling Stones, and it's like, oh my god, they haven't been relevant for 30 years, like, why are you trying to sell, like, a 29-year-old man on the Rolling Stones, like, he doesn't know what the fuck that is, dude. Just to play devil's advocate, I think that's him just grasping at straws, um, and no, if that's, that's if I it think... came up with that off the cuff, then you know what? Good job. But um, it shouldn't have been that, that that should not have been made in the first place. So, well, the, the, that that situation was a little bro- blown out of proportion because it was actually supposed to be sold on a gray shirt mm-hmm. and it was like on a customized site and all that was done up because you could customize it onto black. Yeah. So it was kind of, I, I felt that was a little blown out of proportion, but the point still stands. That, that shirt was awful. And yeah. the fact that they actually were going to sell that, try to sell that to people shows how like yeah. bad some of their shirts are. That's what I mean. Who's on their design team. They've gotten aggressively worse. <laughs> They really the have. Materials huh? get, the materials I love the way you describe too. that. I love the way you describe aggressive. Oh, the material. Yeah. The material has gotten pretty bad. Which like, is like you sent me because mm-hmm. you you also because Matt sends us random shirts, but like, <laughs> um, I like the design of the Becky Lynch the man one, but you sent that to me and I was feeling I'm like wow this this is like burlap sack quality. Oh, see now like, actually fabric the, with a the thick kind of stiffer cotton. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, ironically, like I actually think that's one of their, that's that's their good quality shirts. Yeah. Ew. Like, cause I, I mean, I don't mind like a stiff cotton like that because that actually will hold up over time. Some of the stuff has gotten like it's clearly like a cheaper cotton and it just doesn't hold up to like repeated washings. And it itches. Which is like crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine, but it, I, I, I'm not gonna pay like. $28, which is what full price of that is. If, yeah. if it's like, it's going to yeah. be the quality that's like, I can get this at like Old Navy or something for like 10 bucks, and it's probably going mean, to last longer than that. I mean, honestly, like, I get $8 t shirt, like graphic t shirts at Meyer with better quality shirt in it than, um, they do for you know a lot less because if i if i do pro wrestling tees i get i always pay the extra couple bucks to get the nicer cotton i like the soft cotton or the yeah the soft cotton mm-hmm. well to, to to do it again the collar elbow shirts are so comfortable like i got mine anytime i get one my wife will will feel the cotton on it and be like i might want to order one of these and I'm like, what would you want on? She goes, I don't care. I just want it to feel this soft. Hey, who would have thought that putting stuff on quality material would be a good selling point too, or 
at least it wouldn't drive people away from it. God. It's a, it's a real shame, though, because, like, a couple years ago when my wife, like, watched, was watching NXT with me, she got into it for a bit. And they actually, their online selection, especially, like, women's cut stuff, was really nice. And she got, like, a, a Club Balor shirt um, from NXT, and, like, the quality was good and everything. And then, like, you get something now, and it's just, like, I, I this this doesn't even feel, like, comfortable. It's like stiff cardboard. Yeah. And the designs are just bad. Like, I look from time to time just to see what's out there, and, like, some of it's just embarrassing. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I, I cannot wear some of that. It's like... It's like, I wouldn't want to subject my kids to their father wearing this in public. It's like, kids, I might have to kick my own ass if I wear this in public. (laughs) There's been some cases where, like, it's night and day difference. They started reprinting some older shirts of theirs. And just think of the the difference of um, the visual of the old Rowdy Roddy Piper shirt. Where it's the white with the the red cuffs on it, it just says Rowdy across the front. If you know who it is, then you know exactly what that's about. And I'm not saying that you know it's got to be secretive or anything, but think about that for a second. Just how excellent that is in its simplicity, and how you know it, it, it's it's identifiable without being you know gauche. Or the, um, you know, they reprinted printed the Dude Love shirt, which just looks, you know, this psychedelic hippie kind of thing. Cool. But now it's just everybody's got their face on something. Well, you know what? You know what their shirts remind me of now? Remember when wrestling was, like, super hot in the late 90s? And, like, if you went to, like, the store or something, they didn't have the stuff you could get at the shows. They had, like, the the knockoffs that weren't good enough to actually like sell on TV that had a lot of that stuff. Like their shirts look like the, 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 the second rate. <laughs> that was the stuff that you got at the store. Uh, that was the stuff I saw at the flea market. Uh, Cause that, that was, that was what I would see there is that either they would have knockoffs of the original or, you know, they'd have this like, you know, be like, oh, hey, you like Stone Cold, right? Here's a black shirt with the word Stone Cold written across the front. Or, or like it would be like, oh, hey, look, here's a rock shirt I found you at the at the store, and you look at it, and it's just like Rock's entire body, like on a shirt, and it's like I would not be caught dead wearing that. But yeah, I appreciate the the thought. It's like, well, like, um, I appreciate this, but if you look at this, like, Rock's package is very, very <laughs> prominent on this shirt, and I don't think uh. I can wear this in polite company. <laughs> I never had one of those. I'm just making a joke. I, I had, you know, I had friends who, they weren't into wrestling, but, you know, for my birthday or something, they'd want to do something nice, so they'd get me, like, a compilation, um... Or something like that, and it was, it was things like you know the Undertaker he buries them alive. So it was a bunch of basically like um, Coliseum video matches of the Undertaker, yeah. and I was like, 
thank you. I appreciate it. I can tell you guys put a lot of thought into it. And then I'd watch it later and I'd be like, oh, God. This is them basically just, this isn't really. Okay. I was watching, just going back to my rock joke, I was watching USWA and there was like a tag with Robert Fuller and my wife's like, he needs to wear a different I'm tired of seeing his package and I'm like like look that man's gonna have to cut it off or you're just gonna have to deal because it ain't getting better no matter what he does that dude would have to be wearing like I don't know uh, like like heavy denim or something to to obscure very much like there's not enough duct tape in the world I don't think like there's a reason that man is so happy all the time like and you're seeing it in its glory. I don't know. It was like it was like really obnoxious. Like he was doing something. Like yeah, like it is kind of bad. But like I, I think that was a, a joke in the Foley book. Is that uh, what was it? Ethan Embry used to be like all proud of his stuff until Robert Fuller made a visit to his territory and showed him why he was called the Tennessee Stud. Poor <laughs> Ethan was never the same after that. I know they used to talk about. Um, this is going out of wrestling, but Milton Burl used to love showing it to people because he was so proud of it. <laughs> like the LBJ. If... No, the LBJ just wanted you to di- take dictation while he was taking a shit in the White House. No, he'd, he'd apparently just like flop oh, it out you're right. to yeah, you're right. people or just be like, ah, oh, look at this right here. Look at Jumbo. Oh, God, LBJ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, <laughs> you can take. I guess you can. I guess you just can't take the whatever. <laughs> you you can't take the one of the prime suspects in the the Kennedy conspiracies out of the LBJ. I guess something so. like that. I think we've about beat this topic to death, Brad. I thought I thought that was going to be a loaded topic that would go. Um... I, because I didn't know how it was gonna go. Because, like, honestly, to me, like, before we go off for this episode, like, to me, like, I've just come to accept the fact that the WWE is never gonna present wrestling in a way I find acceptable, and I've just kind of moved on. And I think, I think you can tell if you listen to the podcast that we've kind of just moved on. I um. I think I might be to the point where there will be times where I like I'll watch it if it's on, but it, they're not. They're going to have to consistently change their approach to get me back as a, a long-term viewer. What do you think, Matt? I would agree. Um, I mean, I'm too much of a wrestling fan to ever like entirely cut it out. But it's not. This isn't a sentiment that is kind of out there on an island. Clearly, like they've they've been bleeding viewers for the last like two three years. I mean, they're down to 1.5, and I know people keep blaming the pandemic, but that's not all pandemic. No, the pandemic has obviously hurt because even AEW's ratings have suffered, but it's not yeah, but just the pandemic. AEW, AEW's kind of crawling back up, though. They are crawling back up there, and that's even with some competition. Um, there's a guy who uh, is part of like the Wrestling Observer group, and I think he's even written uh, some stuff for the Observer. Uh, Paul Fontaine, he's Canadian. Uh, nice guy. Uh, he, in kind of conversations with him and some other people from the Observer, he's basically wrote, said uh, in the last like week or two that he's uh, 
he's taking a break. He's like, I can't, I no longer want to watch the WWE. It just, it doesn't, it's not doing anything for me. It's actually, essentially, it's like wasting his time. You know, the, you know what's the most enjoyable part about Raw every week is listening to Brian Alvarez slowly go insane from <laughs> having yeah. to digest all the bad wrestling. Yeah, breaking content. it down, breaking it down like the, the after the show or the next day <laughs> with either uh, with either Dave or Vinny. It's uh, very entertaining. And I mean, he does slowly go insane, but those those are great just because they can completely trash the show. Not like trying to, just by pointing out all the logical inconsistencies and why, like, why would why would real human beings act this way? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's brutal. And that's kind of yeah, like Meltzer's too nice. <laughs> Meltzer sugarcoats even with WWE. Like he tries to be diplomatic about stuff, and Alvarez is just like, "Here, I'm just gonna start smearing my feces on the wall because <laughs> I've had enough." Well, Dave, uh, kind of, I like Dave, but Dave's kind of like a weird guy who gets who gets involved, and he's he's like looking at the minutia of things sometimes. I think he's not getting. Yeah. I, there was a. This is like really off topic, but uh, I know we're trying to wrap up the show. But there was like a week ago, there uh, Dave was trying to talk. Of, he was t- basically giving news about how WWE has lost TV in Italy, and uh, basically the spot that they had, the Italy. Um, the networks are giving it to AEW. So, I mean, it, uh, not that Italy ratings are like a bit big make or break in the grand scheme no. of things. And, and it's it's really like the, the logic, I think, from the, the Italian channel is, well, WWE's ratings suck. Why don't we pay this other company that wants less money yeah. that might do the same or just a little bit worse? Like, that, that's kind of what happened. Like, it's a big deal, but there is a logic to it. Yeah, yeah. and... But in the grand scheme of things, obviously, it's like your business is not uh, succeeding or failing based upon Italy numbers, even though it is a it's a win for AEW over WWE. But I only bring up the story because like Dave starts going into the ratings and he's like, oh, like, yeah, like the, the numbers for WWE weren't good. Do you see the numbers, Brian? Like, and then he starts going into like, oh, wait, wait, wait let me let me find the numbers. I, I wrote about them in the last Observer, <laughs> and he's asking if Brian has seen the ratings, and Brian just goes, no, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dave just like brings the show to a halt, like trying to find the numbers, and it's so clear that Brian does not care what <laughs> what the TV ratings numbers are for AEW or WWE in in Italy. He could not care less. But Dave is Dave is super excited about it. I do I do love though. There's times where Alvarez is doing something and Dave is intentionally like playing dumb. Like he's doing <laughs> like he's self aware enough that sometimes you could realize Dave's doing that same thing to him just to screw with him. Was was that um, who was it that that I. I <sighs> I think it was Brian that flipped out way back. It was an impact wrestling show um, about, you know what? Never mind. I can't think of what it is. I can hear in my mind, Earl Effning Hebner is faster getting in the ring than Bobby Roode. And just like coming unglued. And I really ought to hunt down more of that because it puts a smile on my face. Brian and Vinny are at their best watching crappy wrestling. I, I, I haven't listened to Brian and Vinny. Um, 
they they if you want two guys to absolutely just beat the shit out of like a bad show, you want Brian and Vinny. Because because like Meltzer and Brian are okay together, but like Brian and Vinny like feed each other. I've met um well, I've obviously met Brian, but I've met Vinny too. And Vinny's a super nice guy. I I I can't help but wonder if you do that to me sometimes, Brad, because you just want to get me wound up so I'll lose my mind on something. What did I say? Yeah, just uh, if if every now and then you do that to me just to get me wound up so I will <laughs> will come unglued on something. Oh. Um, I didn't come unglued, but I definitely went way in depth on Samson versus the Irish assassin. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, I just poke you because I, 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 I tried to, I like, I like to subject you to really bad wrestling so that I can use your, your experience as a wrestler to talk about how bad it is. So yeah, sometimes I intentionally <laughs> subject you to really shitty <laughs> wrestling on purpose. Yeah. Uh, it hurts sometimes, man. It hurts. There, there's right. a whole puppet show going on. Matt and I have just been subtly manipulating <laughs> you for the last, like, two years of your life. Slowly driving me crazy. Yes. Uh, I also, think, I think the thing, other thing people don't realize with Alvarez, and even some of, like, the wrestlers don't realize that, is sometimes, like, there's a hint of, like, kayfabe to Brian Alvarez because the thing I think people forget is he's an actual wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. knows how to like work, and sometimes on those shows you can see he's playing like heel. <laughs> and I think people don't. Well, I mean Meltzer does it too. Like there's there's stuff that people like take Meltzer at face value about, and it's like no, if you like followed Meltzer, like that's Meltzer being funny. Like he's just dry. It would probably help if I uh, if 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 we went on on more wild crazy rant sometimes but uh that's not really our style most of the time no i i'm not i'm not a my rants are quick and over but like especially with wwe like i i don't care enough to go on like wild crazy rants like i i i thought this would be an interesting thought exercise but like i don't i don't care enough about their product to get that mad about it anymore just because it's it's not even like I don't even get mad anymore. It's just like oh yeah, of course they do that because they're idiots. You just a you just kind of a deep tired sigh. It's just like yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's a thing. I, and and I think like when we did that like the the um the speaking out episode, like I I, I we were pretty we weren't like ranty on that show. I was just tired. Like after like that weekend, like I was just tired as yeah. a human being. Yeah, that was that. Well, I mean, that was just tough to do. So, all right. Yeah, but uh, that's just my that's just my like reaction. Like I'm just like grumpy cat with WWE. It's just like, <laughs> of course they did. I think we can put a bow on this one, guys. So, yes. um, all right. I'm getting my, I'm getting I'm aiming my shotgun right now, and I'm putting this rabid dog of an episode down. <laughs> Uh, I got one more thing to add. Go for okay. it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mundus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> somebody's got a case of the Mundus. <laughs> the Mundus. Joke's on you. It's not even Monday. 
<laughs> no, it's not. No, but you can still have a case of it, I guess. <laughs> that just now I'm just thinking about it was towards the end of the office when they like Andy would play closing time at the end of the day and um the grumpy Stanley. guy was like Stanley Yeah, Love. Stanley's like, I hate that song, but I, I don't remember how he said it, but it was He great. said I hate I don't like that song. I don't like it at all. But it means that we're done for the day. So I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, that's what yeah. I was Stanley, Stanley is one of my favorite characters on that show. Um, for, just for the stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, we want to say thank you all for uh, for being with us. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Um, does would it take? Do you think, uh, or are you in the same boat we are? Or are you like? You think we're completely off base? We would love to hear from you on our social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. This is Shed here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.